This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The Smart Beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. If I've learned anything, it's that you can't have a serious discussion about travel without an equally serious discussion about money. And since travel is arguably the largest industry in the world, I have the perfect candidate for that money discussion. Jill Schlesinger, the CBS News financial analyst and author of the new book, The Great Money Reset, Change Your Work, Change Your Wealth, Change Your Life. And what we're witnessing is truly a great money reset. Then I'll sit down with Jack Ezon, the founder of Embark Beyond. Jack is one of those travel advisors who knows, almost ahead of everybody else, what's hot, where people are going, and most important, how they're getting there. And 2023 is no exception. Then, can bots replace your travel agent? You know someone will try to do that and make that happen. Arnie Weissman, editor-in-chief of Travel Weekly, has the latest in this brave new artificial intelligence world. But first, my talk with Jill Schlesinger. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. How are you, Jill? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Peter. I'm very excited. I always like having someone else do the hard work than, rather than <laughs> me. This is fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations on the new book. It comes at a perfect time of great confusion as we transition from COVID into the uncertain world of where do we go from mm-hmm. here? Um, yep. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, about, about this book, I know why you wrote the book, because of that confusion, because people didn't know yep. where to go. You know, we had the, the great resignation, the great migration. I mean, one of the things that people ask me in the travel industry all the time is, where did those people who worked at the hotels go? Where did they go from the restaurants? Where did they go from the airlines? Where are they? Are they, are they all on some lost island somewhere? The, the lost island of misfits who said, oh my God, I want to have more normal hours. I want to have benefits. I want to, all those things. So a lot of those people did actually, we can almost draw a direct line, left leisure and hospitality and did actually go into warehousing and big box areas and places where they could just, you know, literally get jobs. A lot of them just fell out of the labor force, by the way, and some coming back now. But, you know, as you said, the word transition is a great one. We are in transition after this once in a century pandemic. And, you know, where we land is widely unknown uh, because we know things are slowing down right now. 
I could tell you there's, you know, 82 economists who are calling that we're in a recession already. But, you know, the reality is I, I've been through so many economic cycles, so have you, and going into a recession is not the death knell, but it does start to make me think that people are just continuously trying to analyze where they stand. And I think that one of the things that makes it hard for people to go to a different place is that they, they sort of, they get lost in the, how do I get there? And so basically I wrote this book to give people a guide as to how to get where they would like to go. And I presume they know how to, you know, they, they know where they want to go. I'm just saying, here's your framework. This, a great money reset can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It may mean that I want to, like I heard from a, a young woman last week who was like, basically wanted to become Emily in Paris. She's like, I really want, I had a terrible breakup. I want to go live in Paris. And we went through all the numbers and you know what we found out? We said, you can last for about six months living in Paris, but you come home to no job and there's a huge risk in that. And you know, what, what might be smarter is that she actually has a company that has an international presence. And I said, well, why don't you ask your boss if you can work in Europe for six months and test it out? And she said, I never thought I would, I could do that. Well, yeah. Why not ask? So we're trying to come up with solutions that take into account what's going on in your life today and also like where you really do want to go. You know, there's Emily in Paris and then there's Emily in debt. Uh, what's, yeah, what, exactly. What's, what's, what's interesting is how many people now are looking to travel based on their favorite television show. You know, it goes back to the days of Downton Abbey. And then, of course, we had, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, White Lotus and, and, and searches to go to, to Sicily are up 171%. It's I know. They, that show ruined Sicily. I'm so glad that I did <laughs> go there. But, you know, I can basically put Taramina in my rearview mirror, I guess. Good. Okay. But here's the interesting thing. You know, you talk about the great money reset. People are changing their behaviors as well. This is what I've noticed about where they're spending their money. Because, mm -hmm. you know, two or three years ago, people were talking about, okay, new cars, new clothes, new jewelry, new electronic items. Um, and then the, the, the pandemic hit and people were able to save some money in many cases, but they then changed their behavior and what their goals were, they went from material things to they wanted to buy experiences. Um, and, and so they said, you know what, I'm not going to buy a new car. I'm not going to do a lot of shopping, but when, when I can travel, all my money's going into that. And, you, and I think you saw this as well, Jill, that when people came back to travel, they were traveling without, without responsibility for price sensitivity. Um, mm -hmm. They were paying, they were traveling at any cost. And that's why, you know, you see hotel rates at their highest, airline fares at their highest, but people were just spending wildly on that. And then something, talk about a reset. I saw this happen last September. I reported on it. People thought I was crazy. I said, I always check the shippers. You do that too. I know you do. You know, what, mm -hmm. you know, what is UPS doing? What is FedEx doing? And what I saw was FedEx was closing about 90 stores and they were parking planes in October and November. When was the last time you saw FedEx park planes in October mm. or November before the Christmas holiday season? I mean, that that sort of like indicated there might be sort of a retail apocalypse out there. Yeah, I mean, look, there's two things. There's like the, the actual move shipping when you talk about like the movement of goods is really important. 
And um, the movement of commodities is also very important, and it tells a big part of the inflationary story. Um, but, you know, you mentioned something that I think is kind of interesting, and, it, uh, you know, I'm talking to you um, as we are pondering the Federal Reserve's next interest rate increase, and it will likely happen. It will be a quarter of a percentage point. And people say to me, well, if all these economists are projecting that we are going to see a slowdown, that we are going into maybe a recession, if that's all happening, why does the Fed keep raising rates? And, you know, that's a great question. And the answer lies in a very simple part of this, which is the economy is vast. Goods, stuff, the price for that kind of stuff has come down. As you mentioned, like we stopped buying as much stuff and then the price of that stuff came down. We also kind of got under, you know, sort of figured out what the war in Ukraine meant and we got that figured out. So now the goods part of the economy, which is about 30% of the U.S. economy, has shown that prices are going down. But you look at the other side, 70% is services. And, you know, as you point out, airfares up, hotel rates up, uh, go get your hair cut at your local barber or hair salon, and they raise their prices after the pandemic. And they don't really care that um, things are slowing down for the goods part of the economy. They're still paying, keeping those prices high. So the Fed's very concerned that unless we start to see a more protracted drop in the service side of the economy's prices, then they're going to have to keep interest rates higher for longer. So, you know, I think that as we sort of absorb this, it's also worth mentioning that when you go through a once in a century pandemic, we don't quite understand the impact so easily. It's very, e- it's, you know, kind of like pretty easy to go back in time and be like, we should have done this, 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 and this. It doesn't matter. We are where we are. And so, yes, we should learn lessons from that. But I think that the, the fact that inflation is higher for longer, the fact that, you know, yes, technology companies kind of went nutty and hired too many people. And the fact that we have this thing called being a human being, we have emotions and we do want to travel and people are less price sensitive after they've been cooped up for two plus years and three years and they're going to spend some money. And I don't see those prices coming down anytime soon. It wasn't just that people were spending so much money. Something else I think happened. I don't think it happened. I know it happened during the pandemic. I'm sure it happened to you as well. Everybody's got got solicited two to three times a week with credit card companies saying, hey, sign up for this credit card, get this mileage bonus, get this deal, get these statement credits. I mean, I was getting two to three mailings a week offering me cards, in many cases, cards I already had. But yeah. interestingly enough, those credit cards that were coming in with all those in, with very attractive bonuses, as you read the fine print, the interest rate on those cards was anywhere from 22 to 28 percent. Yeah, it was kind of wild because um, during the pandemic, the amount of savings that we all started accumulating just ballooned. And, you know, obviously, um, when you have no nothing to spend your money on, and maybe you get a government stimulus check, or maybe you had enhanced unemployment benefits, But really, it's that, you know, you're not spending on anything except the essentials. You build up savings. The the high of the personal savings rate was in April of 2020, when the personal savings rate was, I am not kidding you, 33.8%. Wow. I mean, it is nuts, okay? Now, the thing that's been interesting is that that savings, that excess savings, 
one and a half, maybe $2 trillion of excess savings has been a godsend for a lot of American families because as inflation kicked up in 20, like sort of as we started to see inflation kick up in 2021, people were absorbing it because they had savings. That was great news, right? Well, what has happened is that as people have plowed through their savings, especially people who are sort of at the middle to lower end of the income earners, they have turned more to credit. And that credit, as you said, was abundant. It was very easy to come by, right? But this time around, when people are buying stuff and putting it on credit, you are now getting into a situation where interest rates have started to rise and credit card interest rates, which were already high, were really high. And even if you were the kind of person who was like, I always had credit, but I just kind of shopped around and I moved things to zero balance and I did this, 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 and this, all of a sudden, what happened? They're gone. Those zero percent balance transfer programs—they're not as clear. They're not as available. And you know, as interest rates go up, the cost of debt rises. And now I'm telling you that we have a possibility that maybe we're going to go into a slowdown or a recession. So you put that all together, and it could get pretty nasty. It is not clear to me that the driving force around the travel industry right now, um, which was like get me the heck out of my house, is going to persist. But I will say that there are a lot of companies that have started travel. I mean, I, you know me, I cover finance and I cover Wall Street pretty closely. You know, all the big banks have told their people, get out in 23. Like, get out, go see the clients, go see the people. So I think business travel is going to pick up a little bit this year. But, you know, for people who have money, even if there's a slowdown, there was a lot of money made over the last decade, a lot. And they're going to just keep spending. They are not price sensitive. So if they want to go to the Grand Tomeo in Sicily instead of the other hotel in White Lotus, or they want to go to the Flipper <laughs> Stall, or they want to use some Marriott points and go to Paris, like whatever it is, I think a lot of people are still saying, I'm going. You're right. And uh, I don't see that, I don't see that, especially at the higher end. I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's not changing at the higher end, that's for that's for sure. I'll give you one story, which it always blows my mind. You know, when the cruise lines came back, one of the things they put up for sale was their annual world cruise, 180-day itinerary, where the cheapest cabin on the ship per person was about $75,000. The most expensive cabin on the ship per person was about $260,000. Good each, Lord. Yes, and each of the major cruise lines, when they put those sailings up for sale, whether it was mm. Regent or, you know, uh, Cunard or any of the big lines, they sold out in four hours. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's wow. the kind of money we're talking about. But I want to go back to the credit card thing just for one th for one second, because with all those solicitations out there and so many more people saying yes to that, I looked at a figure the other day, and I know you look at it all the time. What is the consumer credit card debt right now, which, by the way, is all unsecured credit? It's over $960 billion. It's approaching $1 trillion, Jill, with that amount of unsecured credit. Does that worry you at all? Nah. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? Really doesn't. Um, you know, it is unsecured credit, but, you know, not everyone's going to default on it. You know, it, it, it worries me because what it tells you is that people are turning to credit cards to finance something. And um, when, when it worries me, it's more about, is this someone using a credit card to pay a utility bill? That's bad. The, Got it. You know, that is bad, right? But if this is, you know, somebody bought a flat screen TV for the Super Bowl and they're super psyched. You know, I just don't think that those, not everyone's going to default. And, you know, credit card companies will learn more as, you know, earnings progress over the next few quarters. We'll see. 
We'll see whether, you know, you don't hear people who are freaking out too much at places like Bank of America or J.P. Morgan Chase. And they're very high touch with the consumer. They really know what the data is in real time. And so for this minute, unless we see massive job losses, which God forbid, I hope we don't. But unless we see that, I don't I, it's not clear to me that all these people are just walking away. My thanks to Jill. So where do you want to go this year? And how do you want to get there? Jack Ezon, the founder of Embark Beyond, has his annual list. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My good pal, Jack on. Hey, Jack. Hi. So let's get get, get going here. And, and you heard my introduction. I was really wrong uh, when I predicted back in September that you know demand would drop off seasonally, kids back in school, blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen. And I don't see it happening even now. Do you? No, I, I was wrong, too. I predicted we were dancing on the edge of a cliff. I didn't think this demand could keep up. And it has. And in fact, with China opening up now, I think that's going to add more demand to, to hotspots around the world because they've been locked up for years longer than us. Exactly. Um, but I mean, and we're seeing increased demand to, to, to Europe this summer. I mean, the pace is even more than it was last year. And some of that, I'm sure, is due to the fact that the, the, the dollar is strong against the euro. But still, I mean, good luck getting a, a hotel room in, in Europe at certain times of the year now. Yeah, we're really encouraging people to take advantage and, and, and book in advance. There are actually some specials now, especially with air, because airfares were soaring last year. But booking air now, you can get business class fares under $2,000 round trip to Europe for the summer. And we're really encouraging people to take advantage before the demand picks up and those rates triple. Yeah, we're seeing some pop-up fares back in the economy as well for airlines like TAP in Portugal and Aer Lingus. You know, they show up on the web and then they disappear. But we're seeing increased competition across the Atlantic because every airline's flying it now and a lot of low fare carriers coming in for the first time. So that, that drives prices down even with stronger demand. I agree. All right, now let's but do talk it now about, before it gets too late. So where do we go? Yes, yeah. Where are we going? What are you, what are your hot spots for twenty twenty three? So look, one of the hottest destinations, probably one of the least obvious, and it's Argentina. Um, it's amazing right now. They have this this is concept called the blue market dollar, blue dollar, and where the normal exchange rate would be one hundred and eighty pay, um, um, pesos. pesos to the dollar. Yeah, it's three hundred and eighty. That means you're getting a 60% discount just by converting your currency right now. Um, and I was there recently. We had dinner for my family of six people, less than $100 a night. 
$40 for lunch. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about gorgeous dinners and great trendy restaurants. The shopping there is cool. And it's just an amazing time to be, whether it's in Buenos Aires or Patagonia or Mendoza Winelands, for anyone seeking a value. And That's by, the and number by, one hot spot to and, think about. And by the way, you mentioned Argentina. For many, many years, I would take empty suitcases down there with me and do my Christmas shopping because it was a bargain even then, not to mention what's happening now. And Jack, you mentioned Mendoza. For those people who are not familiar with the wine district in Argentina, there are more than 880 wineries there. It makes Napa look like Ding Dong School. I mean, it's unbelievable. And the Argentinians love wine. They make wine for themselves, so you know it's good. It's amazing. And you pinch yourself to not think you're in Europe. And it's great to go in the winter, in the Northern Hemisphere winter and feel like you're in this cosmopolitan, beautiful European, green city, clean. It's amazing, Buenos Aires. All right. So Argentina, numero uno. What else? Japan. Japan is probably one of the most sought after comeback, you know, uh, destinations in Asia. Um, I think one out of every four calls is about going back to Japan. It's so busy, it's hard to even get guides and drivers right now. So if you're interested in Japan, um, really jump on that and think about 2024 from now. Um, Japan's busy now for ski season. It's overloaded for cherry blossom season. uh, And it's a great jumping off, off point for the rest of Southeast Asia. Sure, because so many airlines will hub in Tokyo on their way further uh, further west to other parts of Asia. All right, so now we have Argentina, we have Japan. Give me two more. I'm going to tell you about South Africa. Um, South Africa is really one of the most in-demand destinations for people that want to go far, and they've wanted to do something epic for years. Um, there's a lot more access. United Flight is nonstop. From, from Newark, Delta, from Atlanta. It's much easier to get, there's more lifts. And Cape Town is one of the most beautiful and again, great value destinations um, with great art and food and wineland. And combine that with the safari, it's just simply special and epic. And again, the South African Rand depressed against the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar probably in one of its strongest positions against the South African Rand in decades. Once again, 20 to 40% discount if you're looking at it in real dollar terms. Just by converting. Exactly. Um, another hot spot, St. Bart's. St. Bart's. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. St. Bart's, are you kidding me? That You go there to get an estimate for a Diet Coke, Jack. <laughs> I didn't say it was the best value. I said it's a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems to us like one in every four requests to go to the Caribbean or somewhere warm Caribbean, Mexico. It's all about St. Bart's. The vibe, the energy, and the buzz coming out of that island has never been stronger. There's new um, beach clubs that open this year, new cool, hot restaurants. And I think people that didn't get their chance or their moment to do that jet set scene in the med this summer are flocking to St. Bart's for that dose. All right, but bring your wallet. I'm telling you, you're going to need the wallet. But now let's move to one more that I know is on your list, and it's on my list, too. I'm going to be there in about a month and a half, and that's Colombia. Oh, love Colombia. Cartagena is one of the most beautiful cities and one of the most vibrant cities in the world. And it's so easy to get to, whether you're going from Dallas or Atlanta or Miami, even New York, there's a nonstop four and a half hour flight. So many people still think that Colombia is like in the 1980s during the drug cartels. And they're like, is it safe? 
going to Cartagena now, it's just as one of the cities of Bogota, you can literally eat off the floors. It's fun, it's cool, it's clean, and it has so much personality. Great shopping, amazing food, vibrant, fun, nightlife and, and lounges. And there's even great new hotels on the island so you can combine beach and city so easily. Although I do want to say a couple of warnings. Number one, if you go to Cartagena, you may come back with an emerald, whether you like it or not. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> number two, I spent a lot of time in Medellin, speaking of narcos. And you know oh, what? A lot it, of beautiful people there. They have cleaned up their act. And the, But the one thing that's the most amazing, and I had to do it because I was, I was such a fan of that show that I had to sort of try to relive it. I went over to the apartment where he uh, where he finally met his end. In fact, they shot the episode at, at that apartment. It was still no there. No kidding. And then <laughs> I, I went to the cemetery to see where he was buried. People forget he died in 1993. And you know what? Wow. There's still people putting flowers on that grave because, to, a, to remember, this guy owned a soccer team. He ran for president. He donated to, to, to different towns and villages. Of course, he was one of the biggest cocaine dealers in the world and met his end pretty violently. But it's interesting to see that now they've really cleaned up their act, literally. And some of the best restaurants I've been to in a long time are in Medellin. Yeah. And Beautiful. They, and, and, and by the way... Go ahead and watch Narcos before you go down there anyway. It's, it's such a good show. But <laughs> I need to watch it again. You need to watch it again because they filmed it where it happened. So you, you get to relive it, except this time you're not in a shootout. This time you're in a nice Love. restaurant and everybody's nice to you. My thanks to Jack. So where do you get your travel advice? Online, from a travel agent, or from an AI app? Arnie Weissman, editor-in-chief of Travel Weekly, decided to put something called ChatGPT to the test with some surprising results. One day, I was just searching for fares, just to to do comparison shopping, had no intention of going anywhere, uh, and I just threw in some city pairs. I put in LaGuardia to Des Moines, Iowa. I put it on for a Wednesday, four months later, at 11 o'clock in the morning, just to see what the airlines were going to charge. I never bought the ticket. That was that. Well, no, that wasn't that. For the last four years, I'm still getting emails from that airline telling me about all the great things I can do in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, with all due respect to the folks in Iowa, and by the way, I've gone many times. I have nothing against you, but I'm not planning to go right this minute. But it's amazing to me how many times the the um, the system thinks I'm, I'm interested in going, and by the way, the airfares right now are much more expensive than I, than when I looked at it the last time. Joining us now, the editor-in-chief of Travel Weekly, one of our regulars here, not only on this show, but on our PBS show, The Travel Detective, Arnie Weissman. Hey, Arnie. Hey, Peter. How are you? So the story I gave you is probably not a surprise to you. No, not at all. There's uh, When you look for anything these days, I mean, it could be paper clips, it could be jewelry, uh, once they know you're interested in something... Uh, you would use a cookie on your computer, and it will stay there for as long as they possibly think you might still have an interest in whatever that product is. Of course, that re- brings us to the role right now of AI, artificial intelligence, and what they know about you, and maybe even more than what you know about yourself. Well, it's, it's interesting because uh, you know there's been a lot of stories about Chat GPT, and Chat GPT is you know. Uh, Certainly, Google is afraid it may replace it uh, as a place people go to search for answers because the answers are much more comprehensive. Uh, They're much more narrative. Instead of searching five things to get to what you're trying to get to, you just, you, you craft a prompt 
that's a new term, prompt crafting, uh, into the GPT, chat GPT website, and it's a bot, and it returns an answer. So we wondered whether this could actually give you the type of travel advice a travel advisor would give a human travel advisor. And I can tell you what an improvement it is over, I Googled, I, I happened to pull in on a ship to Uteroa Riotia, not Riotia, rather, uh, in French Polynesia. And I just didn't know what to do. It's a little you are such town. A, you are such a name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought Travelocity said what to do in Uteroa. So here's in part what it said. Visit a county fair and let childhood memories wash over you as cotton candy melts in your mouth. Sample handmade jam at a stop on a forgotten highway or let the hustle and bustle of modern life sweep you away as you lose yourself in the organized chaos of a modern metropolis. Okay, so this is not a modern metropolis. This is a two-street town on a remote island. And so that's the type of thing I think that has Google worried, that that's the type of thing they're going to answer going to uh, give you. So when I asked chat GPT to tell me what there's to see and do, it accurately pointed out that there's a UNESCO World Heritage Site featuring a Polynesian temple, it talked about dive operations, boat tours and beaches, bike rentals. So it wasn't much detail, like for instance, it says a hiker's paradise, but didn't caution that those trails cross sacred sites that require local permission. So it was way better than basically what I what I could find just through a Google search. So we took it another step, and we had a reporter really test it out. Uh, so Jamie Beseda, our, our retail editor, and so the first thing she asked very uh, simply, recommend a luxury hotel in Paris. So it said, Ritz, Paris, Four Seasons, Georges Saint, Plaza Athenae, you know, what you would expect you know, accurately. And then she asked a very interesting question. Could you replace a travel advisor? And it was surprisingly humble. It said, I can provide information, assist with travel planning, but I do not have the ability to provide the personalized recommendations and experience that a human traveler a wow. travel advisor can offer. that is really quite surprising. In fact... It, it's completely in sync with what I've been saying all along, that nothing replaces a conversation, which is what happens when you do talk to a travel agent or a travel advisor, and especially one that's an expert in that particular affinity. Earlier in the show, Arnie, I was talking to our CBS News business analyst, Jill Schlesinger, about how, how wrong I was earlier last year when I predicted that after September like 8th, when kids would be back in school, that travel demand would completely subside, prices would go down, things would become more affordable. Wrong. I, I, the travel demand did not go down. In fact, it sustained itself all the way through the holidays and into this year. And I was kind of surprised by it. She wasn't. And something tells me you weren't either. No, it, the, the question at this point is how long can it go on, right? Because there was clearly a lot of pent-up demand uh, after the real lockdowns of COVID. I mean, we, we got to remind ourselves that we're technically still in a pandemic, but nobody seems to care. And what's been interesting is last week, there was a big hotel investment conference. And the CEO of Marriott was there, CEO of Wyndham, all the executives of, of the major hotel companies. And they admitted to essentially being a little 
confused in the sense that we have unprecedented, I mean, this is an unprecedented, I know that word got overused during the, the pandemic, but never before has there been this level of record-breakingly high rates and fares and economic uncertainty. So you had inflation now leveling off, going down even, but even when it was rising and really frightening, people were still booking expensive trips. And you, you're looking at the UK as, as an economic mess. Europe may avoid a, a full-blown recession, but it's hardly out of the woods. And yet, you've got uh, this demand fueling uh, record-breaking rates. Now, I don't think the rates can grow next year. I think there's a point, and part of the reason that they can't is that the service issue is really bad because there's staffing shortages everywhere. And while I think there was a honeymoon period in 2022 where people were willing to forgive bad service because they knew every, everyone was trying, I don't think they're going to forgive it for two years in a row. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Rate probably won't continue to go up, but the demand is still through the roof. And of course, if you take a look at the dynamics of how people are paying for their travel, you know, they saved a lot of money during the pandemic, which they then spent when they came out of the gates. They may have already spent that, but during the middle of the pandemic, everybody got solicited by dozens of credit card companies with all sorts of offers with new cards and bonus points and bonus miles and statement credits and other deals that a lot of people jumped on. And as I talked to Jill earlier in the show, uh, we're dealing with consumer credit card debt now that's about $960 billion. That's unsecured credit and, and, and moving quite quickly towards the $1 trillion level. She didn't seem to be concerned about that because she still thinks that there's still so much money out there. It's just maybe a different way of paying for it. But I might want to remind everybody, you better pay the bill in full because the interest rates on these new credit cards are between 24 and 28%. That's compounded interest. That's painful. Yeah, and the, the other thing that really gained steam during the pandemic are the pay-over-time loans or companies. So in travel, there's one called Uplift that is focused particularly on vacation now, pay later. So uh, they'll uh, lend the money for a vacation. And, you know, I mean, you just hope people have the good sense to plan well. And I think Uplift isn't going to go ahead and approve a loan on someone they don't think can actually pay it back. But, um, you know, there are all these options now for travelers to go ahead and enjoy themselves now. Um, and, you know, hopefully they'll be able to handle what happens next. Well, the one good thing about Uplift, or actually I should say two good things about Uplift, is that if you want to go the Uplift route for payment, they do a soft credit check so that it doesn't impact negatively your credit report. And should you be approved by that, the interest that they're charging you is not compounded. It's simple interest. So in some cases, that really makes a huge difference. Very much so, yeah. So there, I mean, there, there are options. I mean, I would never encourage anybody to uh, go beyond their means in terms of taking advantage of these. But, um, yeah, the, 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 all of this comes together to fuel uh, extraordinary demand. And... Now that business travel is showing some signs of being revived and coming back in, in, in a bigger way than it has in three years, uh, that's going to fill a lot more seats, especially in the front of the cabin. Uh, and that's going to add <laughs> yeah. to to increased prices as well. 
and we haven't even talked about China. China has been out of the game for the last couple of years. They just lifted their restrictions. And when they come back into the market, because they were well into the market before the pandemic, that's what all these companies have in their back pocket. If, if demand begins to flag uh, from the U.S. or Europe, the Chinese travelers will, will more than fill up the gaps. My thanks to Arnie, to Jack Ezon, and to Jill Schlesinger. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, you don't need a bot, you just need petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? 
and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.